Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is on Patreon? Patreon allows you to support our work by becoming dues-paying members of our society. We are an independent, women-run endeavor with a commitment to delivering the highest quality listening experience to our community. And so we've taught ourselves how to record, edit, and produce a podcast in midlife, a time when most of us are asking our kids how to regram a TikTok so that we can deliver episodes that truly speak to you. Support from PCPS patrons means that we can devote more of our time and resources to the content, sources, equipment, software, hosting, and research that you've come to depend on without worrying about how to pay the bills. So thank you. We appreciate you from the bottom of our bell-bottomed hearts. He thought she was dead. We all thought yeah. she was dead. And oh, gosh. Can you imagine? Her. And when you see at that the, she's it, not. He had just been elected mm-hmm. mayor. And this is at the mayor's <laughs> mansion. I'm imagining with there. a giant hat. Yeah, right. With his big Perched on top of on. this giant hair. Is it like a Pope hat? Like, what is this? He doesn't have a hat of any kind. He's contemplating his life as the mayor all by himself. And he has a big button. At the mayor's mansion. Because <laughs> it's got ribbons on it, right? And tails. You're taking this beautiful scene and you're ruining like it. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Hello, world. There's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who had to wait in line to sharpen their pencils. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be preserving our blueprint for love, the soap opera supercouple, in a countdown of the top 10 most popular soap opera supercouples of the Gen X era, as voted by you, our loyal listeners and followers of the Pop Culture Preservation Society. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Baby, you don't know how hard I've tried to stay away from you. I'm still in love with you, Amy. Your wedding didn't change that. I love you and I always will. That's the way it's going to be. Welcome to our countdown of the top 10 most popular super couples of the Gen X era. A super couple, let's just start with definitions, shall we? Yes. A super couple is a popular pairing that intrigues and fascinates the public in an intense or obsessive fashion. Wikipedia says they might influence society's expectations of what a great love story or relationship should be. And the interest in the pairings may be due to a combination of chemistry, physical attractiveness, or because they seem faded. Oh, sounds kind of I can think bro. just just from that definition, I'm like going through like a Rolodex in my mind of my entire mm-hmm. history of television viewing or just pop culture. <laughs> Can't you guys just start thinking of examples like boom, boom? Oh, yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. And that faded part of it is really important because I hadn't really identified as that as what we are invested in as these two people are faded to be together. Oh, yeah. Right. Add Michelle and Brian to that. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I have had several psychics tell me that too. Although I suppose that's a good way to get more money out of me. Um, wait, wait, tell wait. you that Michelle and Brian are a super couple? Oh, yeah. Wow. Let's, let's, <laughs> that you and Mike are a super couple? That. <laughs> 
know. I don't think psychics use the term super couple. Oh, but you were fated. No, that we were, that we were fated to be together and okay. actually that we have, quote unquote, worked together several times. So oh. we could be a super couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a boring super couple. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know what you used to do when you worked together. You might be on yeah. like, you know, might have been You're solving super- crimes. Sure. Or the Titanic. I have been told also that he's here to protect me. Oh, you don't like that though, do you? That he's here to protect me. I, was about I know to it really say. bothers me. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Really Your super me. couple name is Crike. Um, my super, our super couple name is, um, let's see, Brichelle. Mm-hmm. It's like not that. as good. Well, and like let's Brichelle. see, Carolyn, Can I go yours with just is candy. Um, candy. Can candy. <laughs> candy. I like candy. Crike is the worst. <laughs> I think Brichelle is an actual so- soap opera name. That Brichelle. works. Brichelle. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be like the most popular baby name in the year 2037. <laughs> so the term super couple first appeared in 1981 with the wedding of, of course, Luke and Laura on General Hospital. And the widespread media attention that it received from prominent newspapers and magazines set the pairing up as sort of the model for other soap opera couples that would be coming in the 1980s. And the model for Luke and Laura originally followed, so this is what people have to start doing now when they're super couples, action stories romance, and obstacles. You've got to have obstacles, right? Luke and Laura's popularity resulted in these super couples generally being regarded as soulmates, just like I said before. Um, And these guys typically overcome numerous obstacles or significant strife in order to be together. That is the, um, that's the blueprint. Of a soap opera super couple though. Yeah, not real life. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying, again, Brichelle. I'm trying to put Brichelle, yeah, Brichelle. into the, uh, now everything, mm-hmm. now I'm putting everything through the Brichelle filter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is interesting. So you might wonder, like, why is this the domain of soap operas? Why does the super couple come from soap operas? This is because soap operas are best known and most remembered for romance. That's kind of what it's been from the very beginning. And the romances in daytime dramas are significantly characterized by putting couples together and then splitting them up and then starting the cycle over and over and over again so that viewers remain invested. So we keep coming back. And that leads to a lot of remarriages, which is not (laughs) something that happens a lot in real life. People, If somebody remarries somebody that they divorced, that's in the newspaper. Like, that's a big deal. But in soap operas, you might marry the same person three, four times. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, well, sometimes it's not, it's this, they look like the same person, but they've like <laughs> mm-hmm. died and come back and they're yeah. maybe mm-hmm. a sibling, a brother, or it's they a just cousin. have a totally different personality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You just don't know. I was going to say those presumed dead ones are a big storyline where you thought he was dead, so you married someone else, or you thought she was dead, and then they come back, and then you're like, oh, do I really love this person? I mean, Married to? No, I really love my soulmate. I loved him better before mm-hmm. when they were not dead. Right. Now that they're dead, right. I don't. Death is a big obstacle to yes. romance. It really is. But soap <laughs> that doesn't stop anything in soaps, that's for sure. That's right. Never say never. That's right. Never say never. And you know what? They might do it like um, in the afterlife. This oh, yeah. is, we're talking they about soap operas be, here. Yeah. You, it could, anything could happen. And we will believe it. Well, we talked about that yeah. last week at the end. Yeah. Some of those <laughs> people went back in time or they yeah. they made up When Marlena from... was the devil. Yeah. Right. Know, when Marlena was possessed, was she wasn't really Marlena then because she was the devil. So it doesn't so. count. Are right. they really a super couple if it's the devil? <laughs> people might have an opinion. And with that, I think we should get on with our countdown, shall we? 
Before we begin, we have to acknowledge some super couples who got tons and tons of votes, but didn't officially make it into our countdown. Most notably, all of these couples got all of their votes on Twitter. Literally all. That's so you bizarre. Guys. None of these know, couples so were mentioned on Instagram or Facebook? Zero. What? Zero. Wow. The I know. People, Didn't come up a single time. People on Twitter, you guys, are serious, like exclamation <laughs> yes. point, exclamation point, about their soap couples. Once we posted this question um, asking who's your favorite super couple from the Gen X era to the Twitterverse, got a few replies, and then a few people retweeted, and then there were these hashtags attached. You know, these super couple names, or I'm going to act really French, but I probably won't say it right. <laughs> the portmanteau. Is that how I say very it? Very good. Oh, very good, Carolyn. Yes, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. The portmanteau, which is the, com- you know, the combining of the two names. So once people started hashtagging things like Jarlena, that would be John <laughs> and Marlena from Days of Our Lives. Oh, boy. I think I think people just live for seeing the hashtag Jarlena pop up. I agree. Because mm-hmm. then we get all these gifts and videos of scenes with Jarlena, whatever. <laughs> and that, you know, people like going to die on this hill. John and Marlena are the best. They've been together, whatever, 38 years. Then they have these pictures of when they first started together. And now when they're in a bathtub together, you know, <laughs> like yesterday. And that's true love. But no, it perhaps is Shane and Kim. Or Shim. Shim goes, gets, <laughs> starts going. And people are so, what's the word I want? I mean, adamant and they, they they're invested. Accounts that are mm-hmm. devoted to these super couples. To Shim. Yeah, to Shim. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, it went a little wild on Twitter. So I know that when I shared the numbers with Kristen to do her Kristen math on the super couples, it threw things a little bit for a loop. So just know everybody, we saw them. We appreciate them. If they didn't make it in our top 10 list, it doesn't mean we don't think they're super. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And work? Jarlena was really the one that, that people were crazy about. Yeah. Except when she was the devil. I don't know. Right. But <laughs> I think I would really enjoy Marlena as the devil. I don't even know who these people are, but I'm I'm so fascinated by the well, Marlena. You, you know who Marlena is, don't you? No, I don't. Well, well, I mean, do you know the actresses? Do you know the actresses? No, I don't. Well, it's Deidre. Oh, wait, is it Electro Woman? It's it Electra is. Woman. It's Deidre. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> just had to make sure you knew that. Okay. You right. knew it. You just forgot oh. you knew it. I dug into my pop culture brain because as I discovered in our discussion last week about soap operas, I thought I knew tons and tons about soap operas, but really all I know about is all my children. I thought all my children is soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not true. So when people start talking about Jarlene, I'm like, who know? Um, okay, let's talk about what's who's in our number 10 spot, shall we? <laughs> This cracks me up so much. In our number 10 spot, we have Erica Kane and whoever, take your pick. Because <laughs> that's literally what people right. said. Flavor Not of the one year. Pers- yes. Nobody said Erica and a name. Not one person. They were just like, Erica and whoever she's with at that moment. What I thought was funny is that we got that more than once. Like, yes. I, we got it yes. many times that people were just like Erica and, yeah, whoever. Yeah, um, whoever. Did we even ever get Erica and a specific name? I don't think we did. Never. (laughs) Not one time. Not one time. It's just Erica and whoever she's with. Because as we know, Erica holds the record for the most soap opera weddings. She is the most wedded 
person on soap operas, which at Mm -hmm. one point I thought it was eight, but now I think it's 11, some of those to the very same people. So if she took the name of each of of her husbands from 1970 until 2011, her name would be Erica Martin Brent Cudahy Chandler Roy Montgomery Montgomery Chandler Merrick Merrick Montgomery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Montgomery. He got in there a lot. Well, there are two Montgomerys. Oh, that's right. It's that's Travis right. Montgomery and his brother Jackson Montgomery, and she mm-hmm. married them both. That's they're right. not twins, are they? No, they're not. They don't look alike. They're not oh, cousins okay. or twins. Or it's so, not the same. It's not one actor, two characters. It's two people. Any father so son can, combinations? Oh, oh, let me see. I don't. Well, I don't. okay, she didn't marry Link Tyler, but she was. Um, yes, she she dated Link Tyler, but he but he's not in. Okay. okay. She. <laughs> Yes and no. Let's put it that way. Yes and no. She did date father and son, but she didn't marry father and son. Okay. I know a little too much about And she didn't marry her brother, did she? Or did she marry her brother? Okay. No. But they were Mm -hmm. dating. Yeah. Who was her brother again? You know, they were really romantic. Oh, Mark Dalton. Yeah, Mark Mark Dalton Dalton was her brother. She, Yeah, they were dating, but they found out they were brother and sister before they got married. Okay. But then when I was watching that storyline, I was like, are they having sex? And this would have been like 1977 or something. And I was concerned because I knew you weren't supposed to do that. Well, you can have sex. Just don't procreate. <sighs> oh, are no. you sure, Michelle? Like, do you really want to say that's okay? <laughs> hey, every just for the record, if this gets on the air, I don't have a brother. So I'm not speaking from right. like, I mean, I think. <laughs> um, you guys, but Erica Kane kind of redefines a super couple because everybody yes. considers her and whoever she was with a super couple, which I love. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's and the super. Reason, she, so really, she's a she's super. A, she's just the super couple. She, it's yeah, all she's about enough. her. She's enough. Right? She's enough. She's enough. And, and so coincidentally, or not in that same vein, I should say, the reason for most of her divorces is because she refused to be the lesser to any man. From yes, the beginning sure. of time, even yeah. when she was 15 years old, when she started on the soap opera, yeah. she would always have to have top billing. So her first divorce came when she wanted to have a modeling career, and her husband was like, no, you have to get pregnant. And then remember, Carolyn, you brought up mm-hmm. last week this image that you have in your head of um, of Erica grabbing her birth control pills out of the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And when her husband found out she was on birth control, bum, 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 divorce. So- in throughout the life of the, I was going to say of the podcast, throughout the life of all my children, she was always top billing. She was a cosmetics mogul for Erica King Cosmetics. Oh she was God. a disco owner. She eventually got control of the goalpost, Tom Cudahy's sports That's bar. Right. She was a hostess at the Chateau. She was going to play herself in the movie version of her biography, Raising Cain. <laughs> but somehow, so, but sometimes they say that her marriages are a result of trying to fill the void that was left when she was abandoned by her father, film director Eric Kane, who she later discovered working as a clown in a circus. That's right. <laughs> I was Husker dude so many times while you were making those comments. I'm like, oh the goalpost. I remember yeah, the, the goalpost <laughs> and the chateau. Oh my remember God. the chateau? Oh, oh my yes, God. Yes, yes. So- the final episode of All My Children in 2011, I think, is when that show ended. The scene, the last scene ever of All My Children ends with Erica Kane and a gunshot, which sort of emphasizes in brutal finality that this was indeed Erica's show the whole time. And it was very validating for me and my family who just called the show Erica. That's right. <laughs> it was just called Erica. 
Do we have theories of what that gunshot was about? Do we know what happened? There were tons of theories about what happened, um, and I don't remember any of them. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, moving on to number nine, um, we have our first Kristen Ty. um, Mm -hmm. And when we, uh, those of you who are just joining, uh, um, this is your first PCPS countdown. We have many of them go back. Um, It's very funny because we always like to have a top 10 countdown. And we give all the tallying, um, we give that job to Kristen. She's our PCPS accountant. And Kristen has never- Which is so ironic. She's never (laughs) professed to want that job or she didn't apply for it. Um, Mm -mm. And from the very first time we gave Kristen that job as the top 10 countdown tallyist, there was what? I don't know, 15, 16, because there were so many ties. And Carolyn and I like to give her a hard time, but um, we love it so much that now we always have Kristen um, do this job. I mean, if you have There's the same number ties. of people, that's a tie. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do. There's, There's just, just always a, a whole bunch of ties, yeah. and we love it. Okay, mm-hmm. so our first tie is coming in at number nine, and that is between Duke and Anna Devane and Robert Scorpio and Anna Devane. Isn't it interesting that it's the same, that it's a tie, yes. and one of the characters is a character in common? It's I find that sure, interesting. It is sure interesting, Kristen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a strong mathematician. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to speak to, with apologies to all of you who voted for Duke and Anna, I watched, I watched both of these couples on General Hospital. Um, you know, Duke, he just wasn't for me. Let me just leave it at that. Like I didn't find him attractive. I I wasn't I wasn't rooting for them. However, Robert Scorpio and Anna Devane, I loved a lot. And that has everything to do with Robert Scorpio. Played from 1980 until the present by oh Tristan, Rogers. Tristan Rogers. Now, before you think that's impressive, he has left the show and returned five times. Um, You know, the first time he left in after 12 years from 1980 to 1992, um, Scorpio was killed with no body found. So that's a great way to kill off a character, right? Mm -hmm. The first time he came back, though, he was a ghost. Um, So he came back briefly as a ghost to visit his daughter after her boyfriend had died of AIDS. But... um, that's a great story. He's, he's left and come back, yeah. left Ghosts. and come back, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, if you look at his Wikipedia page, it says 2018 to present. So is General Hospital still going? It must be. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the last that is still going. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I there was so mm-hmm. much to love. And and I just saw a current picture of him. You know, I haven't watched General Hospital probably since about 1994, 93. Um, oh, man. He was so charming. Australian accent. I loved him. And Anna Devane, I believe her accent, I believe she's a British accent. Beautiful, the long, dark hair. And I just loved them so much. Um He's aged well, you guys. Tristan Rogers, those of you that are listening that are fans, Mm -hmm. um, he definitely looks like it's now 2023, Tristan Rogers, but, Mm -hmm. but, but nicely done, Tristan. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I had, I, I was invested a lot in the romance of Robert and Anna. Um, you can go all the way back. I did see that some of our Twitter followers had voted for Robert and Holly. Oh yeah. I was going to say they're coming at you right now. And Holly, yeah, as Emma Sams and she's adorable. And I will, I will, um, say Twitter, uh, Twitter followers. I agree with you. Robert and Holly were definitely a super couple as well. I forgot about Emma Sams. Mm Mm-hmm. She was an it girl, wasn't yep. she? Yep. In the number eight spot, we have a bonanza. I promise the ties will end after this. We have a bonanza of ties at number eight, and it is an all my children bonanza. I don't know how they all got the same number of votes, but they did. 
So let's start off our number eight spot with our first tie winner, tie winner, I guess, and that would be Cliff and Nina. So even though Cliff and Nina from All My Children, uh, Cliff Warner and Nina Cortland, even though the term super couple wasn't coined until Luke and Laura, Cliff and Nina are often regarded as the first real super couple starting in 1980. And for over 20 years, they held the record for the most remarried soap opera couple at four times. At four times, they got remarried. You know, that, you know, that happens. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So Nina Cortland, she was this sort of fragile, very, very pale young daughter of super rich Palmer Cortland. And Cliff Warner was the new doctor in town. And this is the first super couple wedding I remember. It was in November of 1980. And it must have Mm -hmm. been Thanksgiving break or how else did I see it? It must have, which is brilliant on their part. Have Cliff and Nina get married over Thanksgiving. (gasps) I loved Cliff and Nina. Right? Mm -hmm. I know. It was the first time I'd ever heard the term fairy tale wedding. And that was quite literal. I think they fashioned that wedding as if it were a fairy tale with like a horse-drawn carriage and the whole business. And I think they could have single-handedly ignited the wedding industry. I don't think there was a wedding industry before Cliff and Nina. You know, you got married and then you had coffee and jello salad in the church basement. Mm -hmm. After Cliff and Nina, now we start getting wedding planners and we want carriages. Oh, they're responsible. That's that's right. Yeah. So the big controversy here was that Nina was diabetic and we were led to believe that she would die if you breathed on her too hard. Oh my God, that's right. right. Oh, like she could just barely stand up. And so daddy, Palmer Cortland, um, tried to break them up because his precious certainly couldn't survive being married to a doctor, no less. <laughs> also, fun fact, Peter Bergman, the actor who played Cliff Warner, is the guy who said, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. <laughs> and I think, was that a cough syrup commercial? I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And when many adults get a cough, they play doctor at home. They treat their cough with the same medicine they originally bought for their children. They need one of the adult formulas from Vicks. For the coughs adults get. Like, that's just pop culture gold, though. Yeah. Totally. Isn't it? Yes. I love it. Okay. Who else I'm, is in the number eight spot, Carolyn? Um, well, this would be perhaps my favorite super couple, believe it oh. or not. Oh. They, they came in late in the game, though, I've got to say. They're they a late 80s when we were introduced to them. So um, much of their super coupledom happened probably in the 90s. Um, but this would be Jack and Jennifer from J- Days of Our Lives. Also known on the twi- in the Twitterverse as J and J. I was gonna say Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. Or or it could be Jack. Yeah. But you have to hold the J, right? Jack. Jack. Jennifer. <laughs> they actually won um the soap opera digest award for Super Couple. Oh believe it or not, that was really? a category in the soap soap opera digest awards. They okay. won that in nineteen ninety one. They experienced, much like um, you described earlier, um, Kristen, the blueprint for super coupledom. Um, they had their, will they or won't they fall in love? He was the bad boy. She was the good girl. There were kidnappings. There were marriages. There were remarriages. There were dead or not dead. Uh, <laughs> there were ghosts. <laughs> there were <laughs> rising from the dead. They had it all. And I maybe in this lifetime, in the last few years, have gone to find Matthew Ashford, that's his name, that's Jack, um, in the social media world and oh. followed him. I had a huge crush, huge crush. He was really funny. Like, Wait, I think weren't you he was married? One- Is he married in real life? No, were no, you married? Were you married? Yeah, you- I can still look. 
Do you not, yes, do you okay, not understand yeah, that, what how much time the woman spends on Dax Shepard currently? That's true. That's this true. would be this was like he's almost talking, like don't a Dax Shepard. you're talking to. Um, he he kind of even looks like a Dax Shepard. But what I loved about him, and when you think about it, there weren't a whole lot of um, soap opera characters that were kind of based on being. He was really funny. Like he oh. was legit funny. Um, he was great with wordplay. He was actually oh, on the oh, newspaper. Well, it's the wordplay. Wordplay word is, is my Carolyn's yes. foreplay. Mm-hmm. He was really smart. Anyway, he was smart and funny, and those are kind of my two, uh-huh. um, my Achilles heels when it comes to love. Mm-hmm, so yeah. Jack and Jennifer would be my favorite soap opera couple, tied at number eight. Lovely. So also in the number eight spot is Tad and Dixie from All My Children. Tad Martin is the adopted son of Joe and Ruth Martin and the biological son of Ruth's rapist, Ray Gardner. Mm -hmm. Um, They're so forgiving in Pine Valley. Who happens to be the father of someone else we're going to talk about in just a minute. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last name Gardner. Um, And Dixie Cooney was Adam Chandler's housekeeper from Pigeon Hollow, which is one of the bad towns, right? You You have the swanky town, and then you always have the bad town that is right next to the swanky town, and that's Pigeon Hollow. And also the name. Like, you just know, like, Pigeon (laughs) Hollow. Like, you know that's not going to be, like, this really, like, fancy metropolis. So they became a super couple after Tad rescued her from a mental health facility, Oak Haven, rescued her from Oak Haven, where she had been wrongly committed slash trapped by Adam Chandler so he could retain custody of their baby. And it was a very dramatic escape that included lots of wheelchairs. And I remember watching it with all of my roommates. It was like, was it 1989 or 1990? And after that, their love was destiny, right? They didn't marry that many times, only like... Maybe three times did they get married, but I do think they hold the record for breakups and reunions. It was exhausting, including after both of them have been presumed dead numerous times. Um, Sometimes there was some amnesia involved, and once Mm. Dixie ate poison pancakes, and then she died after the poison pancakes. Oh, is that what did her in? Yes. Mm -hmm. The final thing was poison poison pancakes. After everything she'd been through. Yeah. Being locked up in Oak Haven. Poison pancakes. I know. And it was the poison. And supposedly, because everyone was like, they the actress's name is Katie McLean. And they're like, mm-hmm. Katie McLean, WTF with the poison pancakes. And she's like, I know, I know. Supposedly, there was a writer who was out to get her because the writer thought she was too big for her britches. And so they're like, all right, you get to eat pancakes till you die. <laughs> oh. So she wasn't asking to go to leave the show. They just wrote her out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> But as you know, you know, that doesn't usually last long because after one of Dixie's deaths, it might have been the poison pancakes, the viewers protested against the writers and against the ABC television network, and they demanded to find a way to undo Dixie's death. But they decided that her death was permanent. And so to appease fans and make an effort to amend this situation, um, the ABC daytime executives decided that in March of 2008, Dixie would be returning to the series, but in the form of a ghost. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But their love endured, and they were reunited, and they might have gotten married finally in, you know, they were doing a lot of things right before All My Children ended in 2011, and I think they may have gotten Mm. married just to, like, put a period at the end of the sentence. He married the ghost? He married a ghost? Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good question. I don't know. It's hard to keep up, right? Was she, did they go like, never mind? But could everyone <laughs> Not see a ghost? her? Or was yeah, she yeah. Oh, yeah, she's the altar by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought maybe only he could see and her. You know how sometimes ghosts. 
We know <laughs> listeners right now who know the answer are shouting at their devices. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be a lot of shouting. We yeah. can't hear you. We wish we could, but we can't. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I loved Tad, obviously, and we'll talk in a little bit about um, Jenny and Greg, but I, when I was heavily into all my children, Tad was, Tad Martin was one of my favorite characters. Also in a tie for number eight are Holden and Lily from As the World Turns. And listeners, we're sorry that none of us watched that, but we're going to take your word for it that Holden and Lily deserve, deserve to be in the number eight, right up there with <laughs> Jack and Jennifer and Tad and Dixie and Cliff and Nina. Um, yeah. So congratulations, all my as the world turns Woo-hoo! watchers. Yay. We're happy for you. You got one. You got one. Um, okay, this is, I think, is this our last one in the number eight spot? It is, yeah. Um, okay, so finally, our final entry into the number eight spot is Angie and Jesse from oh. All My Children. Angie and Jesse were the teenage best friends of Jenny and Greg, who yeah. everybody loved. So just like Jenny and Greg, they had one one Richie Rich and one from the wrong side of the tracks. Jesse was from Center City, where he had been friends with Jenny. That was another bad town that was adjacent to Pine Valley. Pigeon Hollow was where the, the, the trailer park was, but Center City was where um, the ghetto was. And understand, listeners, too, we're not, um, Kristen's not coming up with those um, definitions on her own. That's, That's right. basically how they were said right. to us in the, yeah. in the 80s, yeah. It was the inner city. Center City was the inner city, and that's where the prostitutes came from. That's where Billy Clay right. Tuggle came that's from. That's where the pimps came from. If Tyrone. you were a bad person, you came from Center City. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and Angie was the daughter of like a well-to-do doctor who, of course, disapproved of Jesse because that's where we're going to get our conflict. Um, Jesse and Angie first appeared in 1981, and they were the first black super couple in daytime TV. They mm-hmm. were not the first black characters in soap operas, but they were the first black super couple. And Angie's parents, you guys, this is exciting. Angie's highfalutin parents um, were played by, I'm going to say the name and you can tell me who, who, what character they played. Antonio Vargas. We know who that is. The name's uh-huh. really familiar. It's Huggy Bear. It's Huggy Bear. Oh, it is Huggy Bear. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yeah, from Starsky and Hutch. Huh. Yeah, that was her dad. Okay. And her mom was played by Lee Chamberlain. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. Hmm. I can picture her mom, though, I feel like. Lee Chamberlain played Easy Reader's girlfriend on Electric <laughs> Company. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think I would have The librarian. That. She was the librarian. I wonder if there was overlap on dates there. You know, like, I mean, again. Oh, it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. That your mom was watching, somebody's mom was watching All My Children. You're like, there's Easy Reader's girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But she's living in Pine Valley. And now she's married to a doctor instead of Easy Reader. That would be very good. It seems to like a six-year-old. Yeah. So Debbie Morgan is the actress who played Angie, and she auditioned for the role when she heard that Darnell Williams had been cast to play Jesse, and she really wanted to work with him, in part because she knew him from his regular gig as, this is so good, a dancer on Soul Train. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Darnell Williams was a dancer on Soul Train. So they were, Angie and Jesse were so popular that when Darnell Williams decided to leave the show, they killed him off Mm -hmm. on camera, on screen, so that no other actor could ever play him ever again. And it was, like I said, an on-screen death. He was shot in the hallways of Pine Valley Hospital. I think it was like 1988. Um, But even so, even though they watched him get shot, the fans were clamoring for a reunion. 
So Angie leaves Pine Valley and she pops up on, do you remember the show Loving? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Well, I, I didn't watch lived. it, but sure. I forgot all about Loving. We didn't get any memorable moments from Loving. So Loving, Angie goes to Loving. And when I say Angie, I mean Angie the character, not the actress. Angie Baxter goes to Loving, whatever town they're in. Hmm. And guess who else shows up on Loving? Jesse. Mysterious strangers who bears an uncanny resemblance to Jesse. It turns out to be Jesse's cousin, which drives me crazy because cousins don't look like twins. And they also, don't. that's not going to fill the Jesse size the Jesse size hole in my heart. It's not the same. It's no. Jacob. It's Jacob. It's Jesse's cousin. So she's on the verge of marrying someone else, and then Jesse's ghost appears to his cousin. That's remember the trope one mm-hmm. actor two roles. So mm-hmm. now we have Jacob and we have Jesse's ghost, and he urges him to pursue Angie. And voila, Angie and Jesse slash Jacob are back together again, even though Jesse is dead and his name is Jacob. So when Loving was canceled, Angie and Jacob, Jabessi, Jesse, (laughs) they return to All My Children. They go back to Pine Valley. But now the cousin is gone for some reason. And Jesse is a regular on the show, but only as Jesse the angel. Now he's just an angel and you can't marry an angel. And then, oops, I guess Jesse didn't really die because in 2008, ABC... What? Oh, Tell yeah. that to Tad. <laughs> After you eat frozen, poison pancakes. So in 2008, um, ABC starts advertising that Angie and Jesse will be reunited in commercials. And they use, um, they use a song by Alicia Keys called You Like You'll Never See Me Again. Angie and Jesse are back until the show ended in 2011. Don't ask me how. I think they're married, but I don't, whatever. It's just like almost too much. I, I had to stop researching. You're like, stop. Just stop now. Did you guys ever get like angry enough? Like I feel like as I got older too, I would start getting angry at shit like that, that they would start yes. pulling. And then I would yes. just be like, no, that's now it's just stupid. A bridge too far. That's, yep. You went too You've far. You've taken it one. Yeah. You uh, have me with the ghost, but now an uh-huh. angel, I can't yeah, do. It's yeah, it's a little much. Well, um, I know in the case of Jack and Jennifer, I'm not sure about any of these other couples, that there were times where one of them left the show, the actor, or um, yeah. left the show, and then they had some, another actor come on and play the part. Uh, oh. Yeah, that happened for Jack and Jennifer. And, oh, man, there cannot be another one. I mean, it no. was like I refused to watch when mm-hmm. they wanted us to have another Jack. There is one Jack. It's Matthew Ashford. And I love him. Um, and that can be the only one. Did any of the, like, all my children couples that we've talked about or any of the oh, other couples? Oh, all the time. Yes. So um, other actors yeah, would play that mm-hmm. part? There was another Tad. Um, and it's so funny. It's only in the world of soap operas where they'll say, um, Michael Knight played Tad Martin from 1981 to 1984, 1987 to 1990, <laughs> yeah. 1991 yes. to 1998, 2004. Like, they would go and come back constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could they not get other work? And they would go That's knocking on Agnes thought. Nixon's door and be like, hey, I'm back. Maybe you could bring me back from the dead. Something like that. Did another actor play the the part of Tad? Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where somebody else played Tad, and then Michael Knight would come back and that it's person would be It's just not the same. Booted. I don't think that this, it's not I the mean, same. at least in my opinion. Yeah. But do you no. remember when your soap opera would, you know, start and they would say, <gasps> yeah. the role of... Yes. <laughs> Tad Martin. Yeah, Tad Martin is, is being now being played, played by Johnny yes. Tsunami. Yeah. 
And they would just be this moment on the screen where the person is just like, you know, looking for their keys or something. Yes. Oh, my heart. <laughs> totally. Like, what happened? Checking their pockets. Yeah. Like that would happen. In prime time, it, right. they would never be like, the role of JR is now played by Bobby Ewing. They would never say that. No, you would just, it just would happen. But when that right. happened, I would always look at the, their scene partner, who was somebody, maybe it was the second, yes. maybe it was the other half of the super couple. And I was like, yes. wait, because it would almost take you out of that that fantasy moment. And you're like, wait, you can't be talking to this stranger I always wondered about that, too, because they would come to the role with the same earnestness that they did with the previous person. And you're like, it's a lie. Yeah, that's when you just do that. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's move on to number seven. And um, finally, (laughs) geez, (laughs) holding the number seven spot is one of my um, top uh, soap opera super couples. And that's Danny and Cricket from Young and the Restless. Um, So Christine, um, who was known as Cricket until she got old enough to feel silly about the nickname, but I will always think of her as Cricket. Um, She was played by Laura Lee Bell, who was actually the daughter of Young and the Restless series creators, William and Lee Philip Bell. And I always knew that that from the beginning. And I was always sort of like... I don't, you know, that's, you're just like this little Tory spelling, basically. Yeah. Um, I it's that, kind yeah, of I didn't that, think she mm-hmm. was a very good actress. I didn't either um, when she was cricket. So when she, when she first came on in like 1983, I believe it was, um, she was a child Jabot cosmetics model. And I did not, <laughs> I was not a fan of cricket um, at all. She had known Danny, who, um, the gorgeous, the charming, the gorgeous, did I say gorgeous? Um, that's Michael Damien. Um, oh, and he was the teenage, okay. and he's the teenage rock star. So, you know, you love, I'm, I'm going into this relationship loving Danny and, and Cricket is, and she's also like seven years younger than Danny and they're friends oh. in, 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 um, this relationship, they're friends, they're friendly, but he is still sort of, you know, he's her teen idol crush. I mean, he is the very stereotypical teen idol crush, even though she happens to know him and they're friends. Um, and wait, well, uh, can you tell me what I know this yeah. sounds bizarre, but what's what town slash city? So Young and the Restless, I believe, is that's Genoa City, isn't it? Yeah. Genoa so I think city. it's funny that they have like a teen idol industry in Genoa City. <laughs> like, what's the entertainment industry like in Genoa City? Well, he is a teenage rock star. I mean, he comes from there. So he's like okay. you know, touring and all this kind of stuff. Okay. So um, so yeah, so like I said, even though they're friends, he's always her teen idol crush. And he's also like seven years older than her. And also, let's not forget, she goes by the name Cricket. Um, <laughs> but then, then Straight out of a rom-com or a soap opera, Danny suddenly sees Cricket, now Christine, as a grown-ass woman, and they fall in love. And by now, we all kind of, we all kind of died because, you guys, it was the teen idol crush fantasy. We had watched for years Mm -hmm. little Cricket have this crush on the unattainable teen idol. But then when, when Laura Lee Bell actually matured enough to look like, you know, an 18, 19 year old, you know, woman, I'm using that in quotes, and she's suddenly Christine, now it's okay for the writers to put them together. And it was just this beautiful fantasy that we got to watch unfold that she's been crushing on him for years. And then he notices her. Yeah. In 1990, Danny and Christine get married, but you guys, it's short lived because Danny has a psychotic groupie, of course, named oh. Phyllis, who he sleeps with, or did he, or was he drugged? 
Phyllis gets pregnant. <laughs> and of course, Christine believes her story. And I'm pretty sure we all kind of did. So Christine divorces him and becomes a lawyer. Um, later, <laughs> you like, can't be both. Yeah. No, no, no. Later, um, Phyllis is declared and Phyllis oh she was evil like it's almost like every time Phyllis would come on screen there should have there you could almost like sort of hear a boo track boo you know like if you're in a melodrama <laughs> now the audience yells boo um she was sort of deliciously evil though but so bad like I can remember just being so much so full of um just hatred for her and like why are you doing this like he didn't sleep like why is everybody believing you and even Danny Believed it to be true. So Danny later, thought he slept with her. Oh yeah, because he was drugged. Oh, wait, so did la- he actually sleep with her? But he was drugged. No, no. Oh. So later, Phyllis is declared an unfit mother because she kind of, you know, she's been sort of psychotic. And mm-hmm. Danny adopts the little boy he did not father, and then he goes on to become a world famous rock star. Christine goes on to become a very, very powerful lawyer. And you guys, listen to this. Just. I just a couple days ago prepping for this episode did a little, um, I read a Young and the Restless recap. And this recap is coming from this January, 2023, a few months ago. And it's Danny and Christine, their storyline. And it is 2023, Michael Damien, Laura Lee Bell. They are meeting up because Danny, world famous rock star, is in town. And Danny has been having like flashbacks of them falling in love. And I'm like, wait. Like, that's the Danny and Cricket. Like, they're doing an actual flashback yes. flashback using f- footage from yes. the so 1980s. He's having flashbacks oh, of them brilliant. falling in love. Um, they're having a whole conversation about Phyllis and how crazy it all was, how they're both happy that things played out the way they did, or else, you know, they wouldn't have the lives they now have. And you guys, I got all of it. I understood oh. that storyline <laughs> exactly. And I have not watched this show since probably 1989. I get it. And this was the brilliance of the soap opera, because I think you said this a couple of times last week, too, is that it didn't matter how much time, or maybe that was today, I don't know, (laughs) there didn't matter how much time had passed, you could sit down and be up to speed in about five minutes. Yes. You're like, oh, yep, I got it. All right. In the number six spot. Oh, it's my turn again. In the number six spot, we have the rare couple from another soap that I know because for one year I dipped into one other soap opera that wasn't all my children. And that is, the super couple is... Eden and Cruz from Mm. Santa Barbara. And I watched Santa Barbara. This is the reason you always start watching a soap opera, because my roommate watched it. Right. That's how it happens. So Eden Capwell and Cruz Castillo um, are a super couple from Santa Barbara. Eden was portrayed by Marcy Walker, who had played Liza Colby on All My Children. Mm -hmm. She did? evil Liza Colby. That's right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Cruz was portrayed by the actor A. Martinez. I'll get back to that in a minute. So Eden... This is how she comes to Santa Barbara. This is how her entree into Santa Barbara, the show. Um, She has been away from Santa Barbara for a while, presumably in Pine Valley. Um, And she made a dramatic entrance by parachuting onto the grounds of the Capwell Estate in 1984. That's how she's introduced to the show. And they weren't supposed to be a super couple. They weren't supposed to be a couple at all. They were each matched with other people. But the chemistry between A. Martinez and um, Marcy Walker was so good that they were like, do us, do us, make make us a couple. 
And the producers, they were like, they were not sure about this pairing because Lucy, why can't I say their names? Marcy Walker is very pale and blonde and she's supposed to be the Richie Rich. A Martinez is of Mexican descent. And they were like, you guys, I don't think the audience is going to go for that. But they let this story take place. They became like the super couple of Santa Barbara. So Marcy Walker and A. Martinez were onto something, and they and the writers underestimated the audience. So, of course, they were thwarted by many obstacles. After their first attempt at love, they end up married to other people, and Eden's husband, jealous of her lingering feelings for Cruz, made several attempts to kill her. And with Cruz's help, Eden finally gets rid of Kirk, the bad husband, but not before he lures her into a shark aquarium for one last attempt on her life. Mm. But they escape the shark the aquarium. The old shark aquarium trick. Sure. Right. We're going to try sharks this time. Um, and Cruz's marriage would end when his wife Santana became addicted to cocaine. Well, how did she get addicted to cocaine? When Gina switched her allergy medication with cocaine. You know, that happens, right? I hate it when that happens. I know. It, just watch your allergy meds, you guys. Watch it in case somebody puts cocaine in there. Finally, four years later, Cruz and Eden were married at the Pebble Creek Inn, which was actually an estate in Carmel, California. And they were married in these turn-of-the-century costumes, and they were married on April 1st, 1988. And I was at that wedding in oh, were you? in Rand oh. Hall. Mm-hmm. I was at that wedding. I can picture you a special oh, dress. I, I can picture Did you wear a special pictures? dress? No, I was wearing sweatpants. <laughs> um, because I was a big reader of Soap Opera Digest, I can... I can perfectly picture those wedding pictures in my brain right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, it mm -hmm. was it was the attire that was the draw and the yes. setting, of course, because mm -hmm. it's this beautiful oceanside setting. Um, and they looked like something out of, um, you know, a Victorian catalog or something yeah, like yeah. that. So here's where A. Martinez comes into my life today. So I'm an NPR listener. I'm one of those people, right? <laughs> and there's a new reporter named A. Martinez. And I'm like, what? What? Cruz? Is on NPR. And so I've just been listening to A. Martinez slash Cruz for, I don't know, maybe the last year, thinking this is the funniest coincidence. Finally doing this research, I'm like, I need to verify this. No, Cruz is not on NPR. It's another guy named A. There's another guy named A. Martinez. <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't, a. A, that wasn't an initial for like no, Anton it's just or a. something? Hmm. Well, I think his name is Adolfo or something like that, but uh, it's not A period. It's A. It's A. Martinez. And the guy in NPR, same thing. No period. A. Martinez. Gosh. I'm like, what? It, Cruz well, is on a. NPR? Martinez God bless on. America. He was, he was on like a real primetime show, wasn't he? Like, um, Oh, I think he yeah. did move and on to a primetime like show. PD, yeah. NYPD Blue or I don't know. SBPDY. FNY. FNY. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he did. I don't. We'll we'll count on our listeners to, yeah, to be Google that, people. Google yes. it. Here's our next one in the number five. Honestly, I thought this would be number one. Michelle's got our number five couple. It is kind of shocking. So the number mm -hmm. five couple. Well, we have another tie. I'll start us off. Is um, as you guys know, my number one couple, and that's Jenny and Greg from All My Children. And really, really shocking that they're coming all coming in all the way down at number five. I agree. So again, we have the classic poor girl rich boy trope. Jenny's mother, Opal Gardner, slightly wackadoo, and Greg um, and. Greg's mom, Enid. I mean, you just know. If I said Greg's mom's name is Enid, give me her description, <laughs> right? And I think the word snooty would come out of your mouth. Um, you know, she's really snooty. She doesn't think Jenny's good enough. But you guys, they she's both from Center City. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And her dad was a rapist. Um, yeah. But Jenny and Greg, 
they were just, they're both young and they're so fresh and pure and gorgeous. It's that they met in high school. Greg was a senior. Jenny was 15. So right there, there's the fantasy, right? Crushing on the older boy. And Mm -hmm. like we talked a little bit about last, um, last week that it was, it was brilliant of them to start really focusing on these young couples and these young, you know, storylines, because that's what hooked us in. I mean, these are high school kids. And and we could all relate to how it felt maybe to be 15 and be crushing on the, you know, the gorgeous, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, rich boy. Um, mm-hmm. We all rooted for them. I mean, for sure. We wanted them together despite all the, you know, the crap Liza Colby was pulling. Last week, I mentioned some more of the roadblocks they faced early on, which led to me retelling my most memorable soap moment and the reason I cross myself every time I get on a jet ski. So (laughs) go back, everyone, and listen to that episode if you missed it and feel the need to relive that traumatic moment. I don't. So I'm going to end there. Mm-hmm. Good to go. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, tied with Jenny and Greg, and I'm I, maybe I'm biased, but I'm like, how can this be tied with Jenny and Greg? But tied with Jenny and Greg were Josh and Reva from Help Me, You Guys. What soap was that? I'm going to say that's Guiding I Light. Guiding I know light. I keep showing yes, throwing out Guiding, guiding light, light, but I yes. do believe that one's Guiding Light. Josh and Reva together were often mentioned in our in last week's episode about memorable moments, particularly when Reva christens herself the slut of Springfield or the whore of Springfield, as some people said. And so when I dug into that, because again, I don't, I'm living under a rock. I don't know anything except Erica. Um, and I, and the reason that she was baptizing herself the whore of Springfield is because of Josh. And He's this cruel, cruel person who's calling her a slut. And then I'm like, wait, they're a super couple? Right, yeah. That's people like them? But apparently, I guess that's how you get us invested. You make people hate each other and then love each other and then hate each other and then love each other. Oh. And they did it. It worked with Josh and Reva. All right, well. All right, listeners, we'll take your word for it that they deserve to be number Mm -hmm. five. Can we just take a moment to say, I don't know why I'm just feeling – Feeling a little sad for oh, our no. guiding light, and as the world turns, okay, that is a good point. Yeah, so we we see you. Although I would have knocked <laughs> you off the couch um, if you were wa- <laughs> trying to watch Guiding Light when it was on opposite, you know, General Hospital. You were not. I did not like you very much in my um, <laughs> college TV lounge. However, I do feel sad. I, I know you're out there, people, and um, mm-hmm. we yeah. see you. We do. I didn't we five do. minutes ago, but I do now. All yes. soap opera, all soap operas are welcome here. Yes. So let's move okay. on to the number four yeah, spot. Four. And um, the number four spot is another one of my my favorite super couples. I think Carolyn's as well, probably. So Carolyn, mm-hmm. feel free to chime in here. But okay. that is Frisco and Felicia from General Hospital. Lady of my heart, tell me who you are. There should be like trumpet fanfares right now. Um, and Frisco, played by Jack Wagner and Felicia. Oh, that's Jack Wagner. Mm-hmm. Played okay. by I'm Christ- getting an education today. Christina Melandro, who became Christina Wagner because Jack Wagner and Christina Wagner <gasps> were married in real life from 1993 to 2006. So they oh, became oh, a true <laughs> love story. Which I think made it even more oh, yeah. uh, that made us all be even more invested Were when they you knew a super that in couple real life. First? Yes. yes. 
Yep. Super couple, then they get married. Yeah, so they they wow. their love story began in 1984, lasted until 2003 on General Hospital. So Frisco mm-hmm. and Felicia's love story lasted from 1984 to 2003. They got married in real life in 1993. Okay. And their their real life love story lasted a few years longer than their than their soap opera love story. So I I watched probably only the first 4 or 5 years of the Frisco and Felicia love story. But I was there for the meet cute when Felicia, who was an Aztec princess, naturally, came oh, to yes. Port Charles mm-hmm. in 1984, dressed, in my memory, she's dressed like a newsboy. Yes. Um, <laughs> she, but really, you guys, she probably weighed all of like 88 pounds and she had really long hair, like down to her waist. And she was tiny. I bet she's like 5'2", if she's anything. Like I said, tiny. She was dressed I don't know. Am I remembering the newsboy cap wrong? But yes. she had to have all her hair up because she had super long hair. So they put it all up under like this newsboy cap. And also in my memory, I feel like she's kind of smudged, like like yeah. the newsies, <laughs> you know. Anyway. It's all the ink. And yeah. she's supposed to be so, a boy. Yes. So she comes to Port Charles and she's, like I said, let's not forget everyone. Big important um, here. She's an Aztec princess. She's looking for like an old family heirloom <laughs> ring that Frisco now owned. So Frisco catches, you guys, I can see this scene like it's replaying in my brain right now. Frisco catches her hiding under his bed because she snuck into his apartment <laughs> to steal the ring and she's dressed like the boy. So she's like, and of course she can scurry under the bed like a little mouse because she's, she's so, so tiny. tiny. So she gets under his bed, but when she tries to escape, he catches her. There's a scuffle. She breaks her leg. So obviously oh. he has to nurse her back to health and keep her hidden in his apartment <laughs> because why, <laughs> why, why does she, why does he have to keep her hidden? Don't you because call the police? You no, keep the burglar? No, no, you you can't. know what? Kristen, you don't when there are henchmen who are after you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there are henchmen who also want the ring. So okay. now, of course, after I feel like um, Carolyn and listeners, am I right that we didn't find out she's, he doesn't find out she's a girl for like a couple episodes. Like she's very, yeah. she keeps the hat on. That's my memory. I don't know. But she keeps the yeah, hat eventually, on. let's just say that eventually. It didn't come off in the scuffle? And you guys, she looks, Christina Melandro at the time looked like she was like a 12 year old child. Um, she now, of course, he eventually finds out she's a girl. Well, that was an epic scene. Yeah. When that hat came off. The hair tumbles down. Yes, the hair tumbles down. I'm thinking he took it off or something. and Like yeah, she's trying to get away from him maybe and yes. he takes the hat. Yeah. Yes. And you guys, she used to wear Ta-da. her hair like you guys. I'm saying you guys. Oh, I guess Kristen. She used to wear yeah. her hair. Mm-hmm. So it's super long. But picture how um, Elaine on Seinfeld always wore it like the kind of big, like yeah, half up, poof. half down, but the big yeah. poof at top. Yep. Um, Felicia wore her hair like that a lot. Um, okay. Okay. So anyway. Um, she has to spend like a month in his apartment. And of course that month is just fraught with bickering and fighting, which obviously leads to love, true love, Love right? Mm -hmm. But as you know, as of course, there's, there's a bumpy road ahead because Felicia was engaged to an evil villain, Peter Harrell back home in Texas, because that's where Aztec princesses live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Naturally. And, Eventually, of course, she gets free of him, 
and she can finally be with Frisco. And this happens naturally while they're on an Aztec treasure hunting trip to Mexico (laughs) with Robert and Holly and Sean and Luke, our friend Luke. So Jack Wagner has a very famous song, because, you know, he was actually a vocalist, called Lady of My Heart that played when they got married. And when they got married, she wore, like, the beautiful kind of the veil that the the Aztec prince. (laughs) They always visited her grandmother in Texas at her hacienda, remember? They would always say, we have to go to the hacienda. June Lockhart was her grandmother. (laughs) That's right. From Lost in Space. They went through years of happiness at tra- and tragedy, and at one point, they had to hide out in the circus because Felicia <laughs> was accused of grand theft auto. <laughs> <laughs> then years later, Frisco was presumed dead. Do you remember he worked for the WSB by this point? Yeah, He's right. presumed w- dead. <laughs> so Felicia marries the man who she doesn't even know was the one who was programmed to kill him. <gasps> that would be Colton. But then Frisco returns, hooray, and they unite. But you know what? There are many more just absolutely bonkers roadblocks ahead for Frisco and Felicia that ultimately led to divorce. I think it ultimately ended with them being apart. They didn't. They mm-hmm. were not the super couple that I lasted. don't know um, because mm-hmm. on all the general okay. hospital stuff I found said that their love story lasted from 1984 and it always says to 2003. That was a very nice little recap about their love affair. Very Three spot we have. Our number three spot is Patch and Kayla, or Steve and Kayla, which we'll talk about from Days of Our Lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Days fans actually met Steve in quotation marks, Patch Johnson, in 1986 when he came to Salem working as a mercenary, okay? (laughs) His nickname, Patch, came from the fact that he wore a patch over his left eye. Oh, I know who he is now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is Wait. way too literal. <laughs> Kristen, you didn't re- you had, you did not no. connect that? No, I didn't. Oh, yes. And guess what? Oh his left eye was gouged out in a bar fight many years before with Bo Brady. Bo Brady oh. happens to be Kayla's brother. So our super couple, Patch oh. and Kayla, his eye was gouged out by Kayla's brother, Bo. Yes. And Steve and Kayla were the classic good girl, bad boy story. With Steve, mm-hmm. he's always had these inner demons. We've got, you know, wrong side of the tracks, prostitution, mother, all that good stuff. Um, it all really stemmed from the fact that he was uh, left to live in an orphanage when he was little. He had oh, an he's abusive dad, um, awful, awful. His abusive parents were his example of what relationships were like, so he never, ever, ever wanted to be in a romantic relationship. In contrast, Kayla, well, she's a Brady. And if anybody watches um, Days of Our Lives, we've got two iconic families, the Bradys and the Hortons. And the Bradys were the family everyone wanted to be, the Irish family that owned the, the local bar. She'd been raised in a happy, contented family. And so they really don't have anything in common. But... When they put these two together in some scenes, 
fans went crazy. Mm-hmm. They were like, these, they need to be a couple. And today, they remain one of the most successful pairings on Days of Our Lives. Carolyn, can I ask you a question? Yes. The actor yes. who played Patch, did he actually yes. have one bomb eye? That's or? a good question. No, he did the not. The reason that I these... wonder that, because yeah. he was on for so long, that would make his other eye, like, way <gasps> stronger. Yes. Yeah. Like, that could actually cause, I Work feel like, some vision problems. Yeah, yes. you could. And he's, he addresses that in articles and interviews and stuff um, about not wearing it. And you I've could noticed, just switch it from eye to eye. <laughs> no, because it's his left <laughs> eye. Only one eye got gouged. But um, I know that he's, all, he's on Cameo. As several of these um, soap opera stars are, if you guys aren't familiar with Cameo, it's that website you can go on and um, pay for these stars to leave you a message. And so sometimes I've noticed when Stephen Nichols is the actor's name. Oh, that's right. Yep, that's right. Um, is asked to do a cameo. Sometimes a wears patch. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you don't well, recognize him. You exactly. You. It's like if Christopher Atkins did a cameo with clothes yes, on. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to say really quickly, and I think I mentioned it a little bit last week, but I had such FOMO for some of these super couples that I didn't watch their soap. And I would say on days, more than Bo and Hope, for me, it was Patch and Kayla. And I think one reason is because I was really intrigued by the whole bad boy, good girl pairing of these two. I just thought it was really interesting. And also, I have always thought, yeah, right? I have I always thought, let's see, as a Mary. Beth, Mary Beth Evans, was that who played yes, um, yes. Kayla, I believe? She, mm-hmm. I tell you, I, I read uh, Soap Opera Digest. I'm impressed. Um, she, I always thought she was a, like darling. Like I remember mm-hmm. all the pictures and all the, all the publicity pics. And I always thought, oh, she's so cute. I wish I watched that. I wish I, I had, they, I had terrible FOMO for Patch and Kayla. Oh, they I'm were. just so I'm dying that he was called Patch because he had a patch <laughs> on his eye. Like I, I just, I'm dying that I, you didn't realize too that. easy. It's just, it's. It seems lazy. It feels lazy to me. Well, we'll get to that in a moment if you okay. um, care to know that it maybe wasn't lazy. I will just tell you without going through all the back and forths, they had the classic soap opera drama storylines, you know, will they or won't they, dead or not Did they ever dead. die? Um, yeah, well, they were thought to be dead. Okay, presumed dead. Yes, presumed dead. soap opera speak. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, We had some amnesia going on. Oh, sure. Of course, Um, yeah. That kind of thing. I will tell you that they got married in 1988, and that wedding occurred over two episodes on Days of Our Lives, and it had Days of Our Lives going number one in the ratings for the first time in 14 years. Oh, wow. wow. Days of Our Lives had not been that popular, probably ousted by General Hospital and all my children, but they were finally um, num- ranked weddings, number one. man. Weddings. That's right. Oh, and Patrick yeah. Kayla. Yep. In um, 1988, they were also singled out as having the best wedding on a soap opera by Soap Opera Digest. Ever? Well, I think it might have just been in 1988. Oh. <laughs> that includes Cruz and Eden because they got this married in 1988 true. in their Victorian garb. This is true. This mm-hmm. is true. And um, they were on the cover of Soap Opera Digest so much, Patch and Kayla and Always, <laughs> well, yeah, because he can't take it off if his eye got gouged out. Eye. You don't take it off. <laughs> that's, well, that's right. And I'm sure there are probably some fans who, when they saw what he really looked like, that it wasn't gouged out. You know, there's some people that can't separate the character from the actor. Hence, probably one yes. of cameo he has to wear the patch sometimes. Right, Otherwise, right. they wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> I right. wonder if, like, when his scene is done, if he had to quickly like put the patch on the other eye so that he could get an equal workout well, with he, the he other. Yeah, you don't want to just rip it off. That would yeah, be, that'd be like a shock to your poor your poor <laughs> left eye. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I do want to say how iconic they were as a couple. One writer from Soap Opera Digest wrote that there was Bogey and Bacall, Tracy and Hepburn, Scarlet and Rhett. No. Then there was Patch and <laughs> Kayla. Really? I mean, really? Yeah, and I mean, that's a Soap Opera <laughs> Digest writer. That's just not any old person. That's someone with some cred, as they say. That is a Days of Our Lives watcher. Yeah, that is a Days of Our Lives mm-hmm. watcher. That's right. Okay. Moving on to number two. Okay, so in the number two spot is another couple that I thought was a shoo-in for number one. Exactly. I just Even when I saw the votes rolling in, I'm like, well, duh, of course. This of is going to be what it know. is. Yeah. And then you do the math, and they're not. <laughs> they come in at number two. I can't believe it. In the number two spot is Luke and Laura from General Hospital. that started this whole phenomenon, right? They are the originators of the term super couple. And it all started with that wedding in April of 1981. My goodness, that was an event. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's <laughs> what is it that's the most watched? 30 million people? Oh, for yeah. sure. 30 million people laughing? watched the wedding without a Laura. doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the number one. It's the number one daytime, most viewed, episode. Like, daytime episode ever. Yep. Still. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, and the scene that everybody um, brought up the most was when Luke looks down off of this balcony and sees Laura running away. I don't even know what the circumstances were. All she I know is that Christopher Cross dead. was singing. We and thought was she like, was dead. Laura, the laugh, don't cry, mm-hmm. I know. Okay, and I didn't even see it, and I'm in love with that scene. Oh, you right? need to go but, and watch it. it give, yeah. That'll give you goosebumps. He thought she was dead. We all thought yeah. she was dead. And oh, gosh, can you imagine? And when you see that the, she's it, not. He had just been elected mm-hmm. mayor. And this is at the mayor's mansion. I'm imagining him with there. a giant hat. Yeah, right. With his big Pressure top hat on. on his giant hair. Is it like a Pope hat? Like what? He doesn't have a hat of any kind. He's contemplating his life as the mayor all by himself. And he has a big butt at the mayor's mansion. Because <laughs> it's got ribbons on it, right? And tails. You're taking this beautiful scene and you're ruining like it. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> it just oh says mayor. <laughs> no, it is a beautiful scene. It was in last week's Weekly Reader. We know it's a yeah. beautiful scene. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It is one of those scenes that if you watched it, now knowing that you could have rewatched it, I don't know how to say that, but like if you could go back in time and tell yourself then, mm-hmm. one day Someday. you would be able to yeah. rewatch this 80 times tonight. How exciting would that right. have been? You could only watch Isn't it funny? once. Yeah. Think yes. about that. When you saw the scene with Think of Laura, you thought you had seen it forever like that wait you thought you had seen it for the last time <laughs> the opposite of right. you thought you had yes. seen that scene for the last time but no you and what had, if like, you don't blink seen it. you had no what idea you yeah. had like you know we're at field hockey practice or something and yep. you couldn't see it that day you yep. think you'd never see it again okay so kudos to luke and laura yeah our runners job. up if for yes. any reason the winners of this contest cannot fulfill their duties <laughs> luke and laura will fill in <laughs> And in the number one spot, this, I can't believe it. These people got more than Luke and Laura. I'm kind of freaking out about it. Carolyn, tell us who the number one super couple is. The number one super couple is... Bope. (laughs) (laughs) Bo and Hope is Bope. Bo and Hope from (laughs) Days of Our Lives. It actually says in their Wikipedia entry, also known as Bope. Bope. Yes. (laughs) It does that for a lot of yeah. these super couples. Yes. And boy, 
Bope was um, was really big on Twitter. People love Bope. Um, so Bo, Beauregard, actually, Brady, who goes by Bo, played by Peter Reckel, came riding into town on his motorcycle in 1983. That's when we first laid eyes on him. And he quickly fell for the rich and feisty Hope Williams, played by Kristen Alfonso. And not long after, nicknamed her what we've all come to know her as Fancy Face. Oh, he would call her oh, Fancy Face that. for, oh, I yes, for forever. I did not know that. Actually, she's the richy rich. And they were gorgeous. I mean, just, she was stunning. Absolutely stunning. And this is the 80s. So she just had the hair and he was just leathered and bearded and long hair. And <laughs> they were an attractive couple. I will, I Very will attractive. say that. Yeah. The couple has had their share of adventures and drama and none more memorable as evidenced by our comments that we received and talked about last week that when Bo kidnapped Hope from her wedding to the evil Larry Welch. Bo rides in on his motorcycle, kidnaps Hope in her wedding dress, puts her on the back of his motorcycle, holding out for a hero is playing, and they're zooming oh, yeah. down the road. And I've got to say, too, when they're zooming down the road, it's like a real, almost like a drone took some of the footage. And, you know, think about it. This doesn't have to do with Bo and Hope. But very rarely did we go offset in soap operas. Like, very rarely right. were we in real life. We were when the jet ski blew up. I yep, remember yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were the lighting like, was totally different. Oh yeah. And it yeah. was mm-hmm. real scenery. And Bo and Hope actually yeah. have a few a few times that that happens. The very first soap opera to go off set and to do something on location was when Erica Kane married Tom Cudahy and they went on their honeymoon to St. Croix. And so they had all of this footage of them like running on the beach in their swimsuits and stuff like that. Well, the border between Minnesota and Wisconsin is made by the St. Croix River. And I just thought it was so interesting (laughs) when I was a kid that they went to Wisconsin for their honeymoon. I was like, look at them at the St. Croix River running in their swimsuit. (laughs) Did you really? I did. Uh Oh, my God. Yeah, they went to the St. Croix. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, when Bo and Hope get married, they also go offset and they go across the pond to London. Okay, their wedding is considered to be one of the most expensive weddings produced on daytime television. Hope's dress cost an estimated $35,000. Wow. And they had to fly everyone over there. Very, very Wow. I know. Those outdoor scenes in soap operas were just hysterical. And yeah, when, Mm -hmm. when you'd be, but when they were actually indoors, but you thought you were outdoors. Yeah. We digress. Um, Bow and Hope, their relationship, again, followed that traditional soap trajectory, married, divorced, kidnapped, presumed dead, married again, kidnapped (laughs) again, until Bo's death from a brain tumor in 2015. Oh. Oh, I know. Although he did come back as an angel last year. Oh, of course, yes. All right. But just for a little bit, it was sort of like one of the anniversaries of um, Days of Our Lives. Okay. um, He did come back. Uh, but they are our number one soap yeah. opera couple, and long live both. And that concludes our countdown of the top 10 most memorable soap opera couples of our Gen X era. As always, thank you for your participation, and let's heed the lessons of these iconic couples who taught us so well. You have a soulmate. 
Even if that person tried to kill you in a shark aquarium or slept with your mother, or even if that person was killed by poison pancakes, true love is meant to be. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. Yes, thank you so much for listening, and we will continue the fun in our weekly reader. I've got to tell you guys, one of the best things we're going to include in there is a link to a cameo that I purchased for our friend Colleen when she was um, recovering from some surgery. Um, The cameo is from Dixie, (laughs) Katie McLean. And really, that's all I'm going to say because I, it's indescribable. It is. I mean, you it can't, is. You can't even. It's. Uh-huh. Um, it's Let's just priceless. Say it's memorable. It's priceless. It's mm-hmm. memorable and mm-hmm. it's hysterical. So yes. if you are not signed up yet for that weekly reader, this you do not want to miss this. Nope. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to reiterate for people: when you watch it, please know that Colleen is fine. Oh yes, she's just oh, yes. fine. <laughs> She's you good. Might have that's, important. She was on- that's important. Yeah. That's an important point. Yeah. Yes. You might think she's on her deathbed or something. Yeah. Or like she's going to jump off a bridge. She's good. I think Katie yes. McClain still lives in soap opera like, storylines. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if that does not um, whet your appetite for subscribing to our newsletter, <laughs> I don't know what will. Right. Go to um, our website at poppreservationist.com to sign up, or you can go to our link in bio on Instagram. And if you like what you hear here on the podcast, and we sure hope you do, and want to help more people find us and be filled with the joy of all this wonderful nostalgia, we know how altruistic you all are. It's just so easy. Leave a review wherever you listen, click those stars on Apple Podcasts, and share the PCPS with others, especially your Gen X friends. And to those of you who have taken your support to the next level on Patreon, You are truly the gas in our tank. You help us pay the bills and keep this whole thing going. And today we're giving a special shout out to patrons, Sean, Gail, Melissa, Elizabeth, Dina, Jennifer, and Pam. And if Patreon is not for you, but you want to leave us a little thank you for the smiles and joy that will help us keep the lights on, we have a donate button on our website at poppreservationists.com. Thanks, guys. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of our favorite stories, to all my children. To the days of our lives. To Santa Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Something always happens whenever we're together. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.